Welcome for, welcome for, welcome for, welcome to another <laughs> episode of Nobody Dances Here. We're back, and today we're going to be talking about love languages. Why are you guys so quiet? Like, you're afraid to talk. We was listening. Hey, you doing the you intro. Why? We doing a whole intro. Oh we wait, I'm just waiting to hear my name. Ooh, oh. hear my name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm with that. Joining me on the dance floor, after my best friends, best friend number one. Darrell. Oh, it's ranked? Yeah. <laughs> Always! <laughs> wow. Darrell, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm enjoying a sprummer. It's nice. What's a sprummer? Spring and summer. Okay, I'm in great. summer. I don't really. love that. <laughs> All right. I'm not into that. Uh, best friend number two, Preston, is here. Wait, that motherfucking number two? I'm yeah, he is. So oh, are you always bottom of the burrow. To be number two and not number three. I'm about to catch him. And uh, she didn't even make the list, Carmen. <laughs> I'm lit, y'all. I'm super duper lit. Yeah, because I'm sexy as hell no matter what anybody calls me. I didn't call you anything but the police. Anyway, so uh, before we get into the discussion about love languages, uh, let's tip the scale. We haven't done that in a while. So on a scale of a sugar daddy to a broke bomb that wants you to pay for the date, how has your week been? Um, I am at full sugar daddy. I mean, like sixty-five years old, immaculate credit, ready to co-sign for everything. Ooh, that, that's been my you're situation. doing well. Yes, yes. Oh wow. Okay, I'm not gonna ask any more questions because you're very sure of that. Uh, Preston, I have you a on lot that? of questions. Okay, actually about that, but I also won't ask them. Um, I guess right in the middle. Standard week, no complaints, but so not the just best week like ever. a mediocre person that you hook up with occasionally. Just like somebody who maybe has had thoughts of being with a prostitute one time, but didn't actually go through with it, and is just a normal. <laughs> and y'all normal went. Person. And y'all went Dutch. <laughs> yeah, Dutch. we did. Okay. That's okay. Listen, we exactly. did. Hey, I saved a few bucks. <laughs> so go. okay. good week. Good. All yeah. right, and uh, Carmen, sugar daddy, or. Uh, um, I'm at the scrub you were dating. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about him. We're not gonna give him any power. I'm at the. <laughs> <laughs> I just met you my sugar daddy. He's listening to the podcast. He's you trying know, to get his, you back. His friends are. That's what's so funny. His friends his are. His friends are to the podcast. It. Hi, new friends. And his yes. friends and they inbox me. I love it. Your friend ain't shit though. On which platform? IG. Spotify. IG. Mm. What do you mean? I you can't Spotify. listen to podcasts on IG. They contact me is what I said. Oh, they contact you on IG. Oh. Yeah. But we really need to know for marketing purposes where these gentlemen are listening to the podcast. 
probably Spotify, more than likely Spotify. Hey, good. That's a good look for me. All right. So Hello. I know that you just called it inboxing, and I wanted to let you know that it's actually DMing. And I heard you were turning 35 soon, so I just. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, and I'm still relevant as fuck, regardless so, of my DM, age. DM, 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 inbox. They know what the fuck they went to, and I know what the fuck I answered. Damn. Are they gonna be confused if I say it? Uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> you got less, you, you have less characters on the DM. On the inbox, you can write a bitch a novel. And I DM, get lots like, of Boop. paragraphs and novels. <laughs> on a D- with, with two emojis, not all emojis and mm. less be like, words. Mm. DM be like, and a oop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, eggplant? Like, okay. Uh-uh. Let's <laughs> get a whole story and song. Maybe YouTube music for me and shit. Mm, I appreciate it, eggplant. YouTube music. Okay. Um, I'm great. I had a really good week. How you doing, Quincy? Uh, oh, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> yeah, how you doing, boy? Okay. Um, what am I? I am. Uh, I'm like. How do I say this? I'm like a really good one night stand. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a fun time. You know what it is, and you're okay with it. Yeah. And it is what it is. Yeah. And you're at peace with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just what you need it to get you to the yeah. next, to the next person. Yeah, and he don't eat up all your cereal the next morning. Exactly. <laughs> that cereal And y'all and he cuddles for like maybe an hour, good conversation. And then he leaves and then flies off to New Mexico where he's from. And you never see yeah. him again. But if, and he knows to get like off your arm right before it goes numb. Yeah. That's when yeah. he gets Ooh, up. Yeah. What yeah, a scenario! Yeah. And then your your direct deposit just hit, so you can get oh, that DoorDash. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's the orgasm. Fuck a dick. Yeah, oh, that's the <laughs> orgasm. I mean, for me, one getting paid. Ooh. Shut up! You still on the iron? You got the dress on. Anyway, <laughs> so we're just gonna go straight into the discussion of the love languages, but first. Let me explain what love languages are. Come so on. On, you uh, need to know what your love language is. Absolutely. And you mm-hmm. need to communicate what your langu- love language is to people. Uh, I don't think it just applies to your significant other or romantic person. Nice. It really applies to like your friends and family mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Children, everybody. Because effectively, it's how you recognize love. Because everyone experiences love differently. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. receives it differently. Everyone should be giving it differently because mm-hmm. everybody's different. But naturally, we show people love the way that we want to receive it. And that is often a cause of conflict in any relationship. Because mm-hmm. you really have to know what other people's love languages are. So, um, a good place to start is to go to Google and just... Google love languages quiz. Don't pay for anything. Don't exactly. put your but that, e- that book is so worth it though. Okay, the I can't speak for so the book, it. but like you should it's it's an easy resource for you to have if you're mm-hmm. uh, in a long term relationship and maybe you're butting heads and you can't figure out why. I know with me and my situation, we did the love language thing and then it just put us back on track mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because my husband was doing things that he thought was like 
amazing, extra super. What was his amazing? Love I'll get to that. Okay, sorry. Uh, super amazing, like stuff. And I'm sitting here like he got me fucked up, <laughs> and then and vice versa. Like I was doing things like, and what I realized was that I was doing more things to demonstrate what love is, for not realizing. Mean? This is what love is for me. Like right. that's mm-hmm. not it doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it could definitely fix a lot of relationships, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And then also, um I saw on social media that a lot of people are starting to apply the love languages with their friendships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh I mean, if you ever have a falling out with a friend, sometimes it's it could be a quick fix as, you know, hey, I need you to take this quiz real quick. Mm-hmm. I still fucking hate you right now, but just take it real quick. <laughs> and then when you get <laughs> to the point results. of talking, hey, this is how I like to receive love. This is how you like to receive love. And I should have been better at doing things the way you might have interpreted as love as opposed mm-hmm. to what I thought would have been love yeah right and it it forces you to communicate it forces you to pay attention yes to pe- to the people around you mm-hmm. like if you know that a friend gets really excited if you just give them a card that says hey i love you have a great day and like drop it in their backpack mm-hmm. or just leave it on the coffee table before you leave out and then they text you oh thanks for the card or if you have the friend i'll buy you a drink and they're like oh i love you know mm-hmm. so Communication is key in all yeah, and, and all. Yeah, communication about that. And a lot of people move through their assumptions. Mm-hmm. They move through what's worked before in the past exactly. with other people. And that yeah. was my whole thing with... Mm-hmm. Or they stuck on what makes them feel loved. Or that's, that's they... Back to what Darrell was saying, because this is a really kicker. Mm-hmm. They think that whatever happened to them in their past relationship or their interactions, they bring it into this relationship. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you're arguing, and then the person's like... And... Like, I'm just making this up. And, you know, I'm trying to lose the weight or something like that. Like, just throw right. random shit into the argument. And yeah. it's like, what like I never even problem. thought about your weight. Right. Yeah. But then you, when you talk to that person, yeah. it's either that person was in a relationship in the past where the person was constantly bringing up their weight mm-hmm. or talking about their body. Or you never gave compliments to the person. And that's mm-hmm. how that person receives yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I had to apologize to um, a friend of mine. We actually dated for a little bit, but we're friends now. I and, don't know how you could do that, but and, I'm a cancer. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never had like bad, negative, like fuck you breakups. It's always been like, Oh, we're not working. All of my you, breakups. Let's, let's... All those motherfuckers are dead. <laughs> One is hiding in Boston, but don't worry, dude, Courtney's going to find you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it was it was a, uh, an ex of mine, and he had posted a picture like he's in shape, the fit is amazing, his body was good, and I just texted him like just funny. I was like, "Bitch, are you eating?" And so he sent me a message, and he was like, "I know you didn't mean any harm." He said, "But just know that that can trigger me a bit because he used to have a situation with like eating disorder, mm-hmm. weight, and mm-hmm. stuff like that." So, wow. so I had to be more sensitive and mm-hmm. more empathetic to him, like in the whole as to how he wanted to communicate and how mm-hmm. he didn't want to communicate. Oh, because I mean, gosh. when when people get a, a little too fit or a little too thin, especially in the business and entertainment yeah. and all of that, like it always triggers me. Like, okay, are they healthy? Are they eating breakfast, lunch, wow. and dinner? I don't like, think that. I don't know that. Mm. Especially, I mean, I've been in New York seven years. I have seen myriad ways that people stay thin so that's where my brain goes so i have to like not not respond from my triggers and again communication 
and actually making the note that mm-hmm. oh I can't talk to them like that or they don't appreciate that or whatever even in me being humorous and even even um, like a partner that I had it was we had the same love language but we articulated it differently like Ooh. we both had quality time we both had quality time but the way he did it it wasn't the way I would do it and I did not feel love it was just like it was always a conflict of things so it's really articulating what that is and what it means for uh-huh. you because he, his thing is quality time is just like oh we're chilling and we're watching movies mm-hmm. but my thing is like let's chill and do something right I can't right. be in the house you know, exactly so like, but let uh, I'm gonna go over what the five love languages are yes, obviously go, go, go. Sorry. but your story reminded me of a story that I want to tell mm-hmm. uh, I, if I already told the story in a previous podcast I apologize I really don't remember <laughs> but Going to the whole, like, you really can't walk into your relationships with assumptions. Like, right. you really, the more time you get to know someone, you really got to know yourself. connect with them to know what their buttons are and if yeah. they have any triggers. Right. Because you can't treat all your friends the same. Because they will respond differently. Um, so, and I can't even say this person is a, was a friend. Mm. Uh, oh. It was just a person that I was getting to know mm-hmm. as a friend. Like there was no like romance or anything like that. It was just someone I was like, oh, I guess you're cool. I'll come, you know, hang out. He was he threw a party at his house. The you know it's like when you meet someone, like either it's at, like an extracurricular like activity that you do outside mm-hmm. of work, or maybe you meet someone during work and you realize that you both have um, same interests, same interests, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he invited me to his uh, house for drinks with a group of his friends, and we had like a few friends in common, and we were, I guess, pre-gaming, drinking before mm-hmm. we went out to the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm right. so fucking old. I don't even do that anymore. And I took like three <laughs> sips of this whiskey, and I'm just like... Your ass would be asleep at the I'm party. about to fall asleep right now. Mm. So That's me. <laughs> <laughs> we were at his house or whatever, and you know, drinks, whatever. I'm talking to all the, you know, the other guys that are there, you know, fun, haha, talking about what the game plan is. We're gonna hit up this spot, then we're gonna go over to the spot or whatever. Oh no, the boys over here are cuter. We should go over here. That type of conversation. I don't know why, and like, I'm always the person that like has the worst reaction to this, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why dudes just randomly take their shirt off. This happened at a yeah. house party? It wasn't even a house party. It was really just like a <laughs> gathering, gathering where we were drinking or whatever. But all of a sudden, his shirt was off. And my thing is like, I have to say something. <laughs> like, there have been times where I've but, like, gone to Barry's boot camp. And re- this is the main reason why I stopped going to Barry's boot camp. Is that the guys in the middle of it just take their shirts off. And I'm just like, get the moisture wicking. Like, <laughs> right. it's just why? random. Why? And like even when you're at a at a bar, like a gay bar especially, and you're just dancing and then woo take a shot like why? Like see I'm see I'm never at the woo gay bar. I I, I can't do I'm, it. I'm never at the I'm never at industry, I'm never at don't it, give them posh. any. No, they're I'm not never, paying any part of this podcast. Don't I'm, listen. No, no, but I'm saying I, that's. I'm Get never. I'm never like the boxer places. situation. I used yeah. to hate G Lounge because somebody that was not black or brown was always inviting me to come home with them and their boyfriend. So I, I'm never in those environments. So I'm always Mandingo. <laughs> if I go, <laughs> if, I, if I go to a bar, it's chill. It's like yeah. a regular environment, or it's more so a lounge. Mm-hmm. I where, love lounges. I yeah. need to go to more lounges. Yeah, I like. I, lounges. I would <laughs> prefer to have like a great cocktail and an intimate setting like we'll love to go to mm-hmm. people's house and stuff like that or maybe there's like a new mm-hmm. speakeasy or whatever mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't speakeasy. even have to be like it has to be gay friendly but it doesn't have to be like 
exclusively gay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Like, I like that type of thing. I'm not trying to like. Met to an exclusively gay bar. What? What'd you say? I haven't met to an exclusively. Gay I'll take bar. you to one. This is the perfect. The drinks to take are you good. Mind. The drinks but are like, good. I know that. It like, like first of all, I don't understand the purpose of like going out every time looking for dick. Like I don't get that part. Okay. You know, so that's part of the reason why we were all like talking, like oh we should go here, we should go here. I'm just like you guys are. Yeah. So I was I'm already like, in the mood of like not really caring what we did because I was like kind of not interested. But also I was getting tipsy. So he takes his shirt off. And then me feeling the need to say something every time a guy <laughs> randomly <laughs> takes his shirt, shirt off. I look. He has big nipples. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you have big nipples. That's all I had. Like big as in like they protrude out or surface the area. The areola. The surface area the was areola. just noticeably big. Yes. I didn't mean it as a compliment. And I certainly didn't mean it as an insult. It's just you <laughs> have big nipples. It's just a matter of fact. Yeah. The areolas are big. And I meant it to be something. silly because it was like, you're taking your shirt off in your house and we're all like, just Why? trying to figure out where just we're about why? to go out. Like, it yeah. didn't make any sense to me. Mm. Put your clothes on at all. <laughs> and so, everyone like, kind of giggled or whatever because it was just meant to be something stupid. Ten minutes go by. He's in his room or whatever. We're still <laughs> drinking or whatever. And then I like, walk back because like, we figure out the game plan of what we're going to do. This boy has been sobbing. And I'm like, what happened? Like, Aww. what's going on? You heard his feelings. And then he was like, oh, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like, I'm really hypersensitive when people make comments about my body. And I felt like shit because I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but he, okay, so he's hypersensitive about comments surrounding his body, but he's the he first one with the shirt off. off. So he needs a I little, that bad. he needs a little couch time. Yeah, with, so with, I was like, the professional. so exactly it was like what Oprah says when someone tells you they are, believe, believe them. them. I was like, you're unstable. I can't be your friend because I'm unstable too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> know thyself, self awareness. No, like, go off, go off. So I was like, okay, great. So we went to one bar and I kind of like vanished away from the group because I was like, now they know me as the guy that hurt their friend's feelings. One <laughs> and then two, he does have fucking big nipples. <laughs> And that's something to be proud of. Like, if you know, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's an ethnic thing right there. The big nipples. He, but he wasn't, he wasn't of color. So he oh. also, the he way I something. said it, he didn't have the context, you know? I mean, but also, yeah. also, you all had known one another. You know, right. So, so, so with, with me, like, I mean, with everyone, it takes a while to know how far you can joke with somebody. Yeah, you know, like, right. If, yeah. You know, like if if I'm if it's somebody at the job, but they just start working there, and I think I understand it because I'm generally a peaceful, happy going uh-huh. like person, um, and people think that that means they can like pick Try and you. joke and tease and stuff. I'd be like, wow. no, babe, we, we don't know each other that well. Yeah, yet. I know I'm very pleasant. I know yeah. I'm very happy, but we don't know each other that well. Yeah. But Darrell, yeah. I don't understand how you get that, but then. I at my current job, I let them know. Like I'm here to work because after my last, I worked at VH1. I really don't give a fuck at this point, if you know. But <laughs> I learned a lot from my, my experience being a black mm-hmm. producer because there's not a lot of black producers. Nope. So when I got to my new job, I literally had to be upfront with everybody. I was like, mm-hmm. "This is what my limits are. If it's a black show, I'm going to be very vocal about it because yes. you guys." don't know what, like the, you're what to do. Like, right. you know, I have a job where I make creative stuff and it gets filtered by 
multiple white people. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working on a show that's black, I really have to make sure that they understand the context of the choices I made for the creative I presented them. Yeah. And when I'm doing one-on-one and it looks like they don't know what they're talking about, I'm like, you just need to approve it. Yeah. Okay. Respect. Like, fair. Yeah. I can't, I can't make you, I I can't teach you the culture. Right. You just have to trust me because I'm part of the culture. Right. And, and, and it takes time to know that. And it's also not your place to teach them the culture. Exactly. Which I had to get out of the habit of doing. Right. If, because just like, um, a friend of mine, um, uh, Facebook friend of mine, but I like I love him like he's a friend that I know personally. Um, well, Zoran- that's how we started, right? Um, Zoran- and then Zoran- I rocked into your ass, like walked into was, you. I was coming out of work at uh, Vitamin Shop in Harrow Square, thirty four. No, or before Where that, it? you were with another guy, and we were. I was walking into like a bar restaurant, and you were walking out of it. And you were like, "Wait, Quentin?" I was like, "I think I, I looked that. up I'm all old. the way up to the sky, and the sun was blocked." <laughs> And I was like, "That's motherfucker Darrell." <laughs> yes, I'm come a big, through. I'm Tina a big Leggins. motherfucker. No, but um, Zarandrian always says Zarandrian Moore's his name always says, "I'm not talking to you about my culture if you haven't read at least one book, if you haven't watched mm-hmm. a few documentaries first, and you don't come to me with information that you've already found and you want clarification on them." So I, I'm. You shouldn't have to. Be, you shouldn't have to be in to the learn. workplace, right. being the mm-hmm. go-to person, because then that's another coin, right? That's exactly. That, that, that's, exactly. Another, that's another title, which is another chapter of Quintensity. Yes, because mm-hmm. I've literally been meeting with people about like, yes, they're hiring a lot more young black talent because they know they need the insight and the information. So many people getting sued, <laughs> like, right? Right. And 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 I love I love what. Case in point, I love what Boomerang did with the current culture of like mm-hmm. lingo. So Boomerang and, is a show that Lena Waithe and Halle Berry mm. produced. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. That's and, a neither. scripted series on BET right now. Yeah, yeah, and and also like ATL, how they acknowledge the culture of Southern mm-hmm. language, like Southern cadence, slang, um, how people look, sit. Okay. But the people that get those shows on the air have to go through so much yes. to prove yeah. that they are trustworthy of telling these blacks these are black wow. people they have to be trusted with these black stories mm-hmm. the first Tyler Perry movie was directed by a white dude of course and then Tyler Perry was like okay y'all see this movie made a million dollars I'm directing the rest of my shit like yeah. you have to do really weird shit like even yeah. with Jordan Peele mm-hmm he had to put he was he put get out on the independent film circuit first. Right, he didn't yeah. make it as a comedy. And then everybody was like, "Wait, this is actually really good." So then but, it, but but I mean, I, you know, th- that's been the case with our art, like from yeah. from day one. Um, if you look at if you look up if you look at the conversation around Raising the Sun, Lorraine Hansberry, mm-hmm. and then Trouble in Mind, a play by Alice Childress, mm-hmm. uh-huh. two black women that are playwrights. Yeah. Lorraine Hansberry kind of calmed down the lead, Walter Lee. Uh-huh. So that the show would survive on Broadway, wow. because so she white, was like because, a Martin Luther King. Yeah, because white audiences were not Versus going Malcolm to Max. white yeah. audiences were not going to look at this mm-hmm. powerful man talking to this white real estate man. Mm-hmm. Like that. Alice Childress said, "No, this play is about a black man who doesn't want to coon and buck and shuffle and stuff anymore." Zatarain, right? She was like, she was like, I, <laughs> I actually love that line. She said, "I'm not changing my show just so it can go to and make more money." She I'm said, just gonna tell the story. "I need to get to Find that wherever level. it goes." I'm telling the story. And, and and 
it I tell people if you see a lot of times if you see a black person like you said if you see a lot a black person that is accomplishing things if they're doing things and their, and their content is real and rooted in history they've gone through a bunch of shit yep. to get that level of visibility yep mm-hmm. yep yep yeah, people don't realize the work that goes into trying to even get your stuff approved, trying to get your stuff garnered towards the next level. Honey, like, you got to twerk so hard for that green. Light. Yeah, but I bring- and that's if, if there's a black face, it, I should say black face. That's if there's an African American person present to approve that to say like this is accurate or not. That's if that's it. It's irrelevant if there's the representation. There. Hey, this yeah. the person usually isn't there. Um, <laughs> but I we brought we digress. Well, we went on a tangent, but five we, languages of love. We went yes. shut up, but we went through that <laughs> journey just to say that communicating to your loved ones, your family, your friends, your coworkers, Ugh. just the greater idea Man. of languages. Yeah, mm-hmm. how you teach people how to treat you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if they I are think- a bad student, you expel the ass. I think too. What is hard? sometimes about having an intense personality is that people feel immediately comfortable with you too comfortable mm-hmm. way too comfortable and that's why i b- was talking about work because i really even though i try really hard to tell my coworkers this is who i am mm-hmm. these are my limits mm-hmm. this is what will happen if like i have the nicest bosses like mm-hmm. i cannot ask for a better boss i can ask for a better boss that my boss reports to they're mm-hmm. so nice like i was very lucky to get that but i really right. feel like i manifested that because i was like look universe vh1 got me fucked up like i'm right. never gonna do it again like i was i i went on up i left work and went to france <laughs> It was that and they bad. were sending me emails like, okay, we'll be here when you get back. Like, I know, but I'm not coming back. Like, right. I was there like, I was no done. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I, I guess I can't work in TV because, like, I can't. I'm done. And mm-hmm. then the universe was like, here's this other TV network, Quentin. And I was like, thanks, God. But I was like, I was like pushed to the point where I was like, I, this is, these are my love languages. God damn it. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Even, hold on. And even because I want to tie it back to what Darrell yeah. said earlier. Even though I communicated that, I still have people that will look at me, see me as either black, gay, or black and gay, will think about the last black person they had a good mm-hmm. rapport, rapport or with uh-huh. or a gay person, and then they'll try to apply that to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At my old job, Despite I would have just went, went along with it. Now, you teach people how to treat you, yep. mm-hmm. and there's one particular person at my job, I literally like teach her... I, I shouldn't say like I have to be careful how I say this because I don't want you guys thinking I'm misogynist. But like, I literally feel like I'm training a dog how to pot like how to oh. I'm potty training a dog. Yeah, and I don't say that to degrade her. I say that because my experiences with her are borderline dumb. degrading for She's me. She's that damn dumb. No, I, I, I walk into the break room wearing you know a fancy shirt. Ooh, girl. First Bitch. of all, I'm a boy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Quentin. Second you of all, <laughs> I don't know. We, we we don't have a personal connection. We don't even work uh-huh. in the same departments. Right. You don't know me. Yeah. yeah. And she keeps doing stuff. What's up, boy? Like, mm-hmm. you don't talk like that to everyone else. Like, and I get like some non-black people. Ooh. Yeah, they want to make that connection. You could tell 
you know, pretty easily if they have a lot of black friends or not. And uh-huh. when you don't have a lot of black friends, it's very obvious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Or I'm minding my own business and she'll come up. You always look so angry. Bitch. I'm at my, at, in front of my cu- computer doing work. You have come all the way <laughs> over and you can't even really see people in my office <laughs> because it's like. It's like CBS. Like yeah. it's like all cubicles. Uh-huh. It's the most non-creative looking environment compared <laughs> to where I've been. But like literally, they give you a computer. You need and you have studios to work in and stuff like that. Uh-huh. They're not trying to impress you by mm-hmm. the office decorum. But you can't even see. Like you literally had to make it your mission to come into this area. Right. And then you saw that potentially you didn't have a way in. Right. And so you brought that up, and you expect me as. Because they expect you the friendly to friendly black man to turn into that, mm-hmm. and I was like, and, I can't do it. And, and it's not your job. What what I've experienced? Okay, just honestly, I don't have problems with white men. Mm-hmm. White men just generally leave me the fuck alone, or they gonna hit on me, and I like sideline that. But the majority of the hey, aggression what, that they, hey tall guy, why are you? Let me get your number at least. You know, but like, he's friendly. He's a friendly tall black guy, though. Like. Right, but and the majority of the aggression I've had to deal with has come from white women. Um, and because <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking about a white woman, that's interesting. We gotta, maybe you should just change the podcast to white women. Why <laughs> women? I mean, it, listen, I, 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 I had a, I had a great conversation the other day about um, we were, we were talking about we were talking about the role of the wife uh-huh. in Black Klansman, where she wanted to work so hard baby. to show that she uh-huh. was down for the Klan yeah. cause, yeah. and she's like, one day you she guys are going to listen it. to me, and she was she was she was the one dropping off the bomb at the uh-huh. car, right, and, the and for, for for so many years, decades, centuries, the white woman has been protected as a peaceful entity, but no, they were fully complicit and Extremely fully fully willing mm-hmm. to participate in racism and hatred and all this stuff, it's like Sarah Post's character in Twelve Years a Slave, she mm-hmm. was. Just as nasty and snarly she was as, as, as her white husband. Mm-hmm. She threw a bottle at Lupita. I I have not watched a whole that. fucking decanter in her face. I haven't. I have never been able to. I keep trying to watch that movie start to finish. Every time it gets to that part, I stop it. I tried three times. I was like, I couldn't. I can't do it. <laughs> and, and you know, for me, there, there's a balance. Like my response to some things completely Pavlovian. Mm-hmm. My response to other things, I am enraged. Yeah. Like some things, I'll, I'll watch a clip of something. I'm like, oh, that happened again. That happened again, which is right. dangerous, right? Because you you're, you get, you're, you're desensitized, yeah. and it can take away from your desire to act. Yeah. But some things I will watch, and I'll be like, damn, that bitch did that, and I will like be on it for a week. So I think that's actually interesting because I feel like that is the media still saying that like women can be active in their community can be doing this can be doing that white so, women white women either but but they did it both for a black in black clansmen specifically uh-huh. they had that role for a black yeah. woman and for a white woman uh-huh. mm-hmm. i mix right like mm-hmm. my mom's white my dad's black uh-huh. i feel maybe i can approach this from both sides yeah yeah and so like uh, you know all women have been suppressed for years and years mm-hmm. and years and uh-huh. years. Mm-hmm. And my mom specifically is like a 1950s housewife. Yes. Seriously, she takes on that role, that mindset, and she always has. Like, she never worked ever. Made wow. my breakfast, lunch, dinner from the time I was zero until I was like t- Third, 2,000 20, years old. 48. Uh-huh. Until today <laughs> when I go home and there's going to be a freshly cooked meal. On right. Soup. Just kidding. But, you know, it's like... I, I think it's interesting because there is that portrayal that's like, oh, that's really 
fucked that she did all of that. Mm-hmm. But then it's also maybe from the other perspective, it's like, oh, like maybe this means I do have more of a voice, which for women in general, giving the, both the white and black perspective, mm-hmm. even though the white perspective in black clansmen specifically is horrible, mm-hmm. like it. Is it a confidence is, thing? I think it is yeah. significant, yeah. especially for that time, mm-hmm. because of the role that women played. I find know, that so interesting because I think my mom and I used to not be like, "Oh, mom, really?" But like, I think my mom, her entire life, like when people would ask her what she wanted to be when she grew up, I really think she was. She would say, "I want to be a mom. Oh, I want to be a wife." Same. Yeah, like my mom, my mom is totally a girly girl mm-hmm. um and i i need to ask my mom the story but uh when i went to my mom had just moved into a new neighborhood all her neighbors are trump supporters but they Ugh. adore her Jesus. like my mom like everybody loves my mom so i'm going through like boxes with like, these old photos because mm-hmm. her sister has sent her like uh photos that she was uh keeping for her while she was in the movie process my my parents met in the military. Like mm-hmm. okay. I was born on a military base. Mm-hmm. My mom had to send me to off uh, to Detroit to live with my grandmother while she finished. Like she literally popped me out and then went back into whatever military stuff she did. Yeah, do what you gotta do. Uh, when I was a PA, fun fact: when I was a PA at NBC News, one of the uh, executive producers was like, "Were well, not your parents like a spy?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, both of them were in the military," and they were like. You should ask them about what they did in the military, and then I try to. They they will not we'll talk, talk about it. This whole mm-hmm. And I was like, I could, I could tell it would totally make sense to me because yeah. like there's pieces <laughs> of my childhood. I'm like, blur. Why were you wearing that? But anyway, yeah. so my mom on the there was a picture of her uh, dressed at. Well, she wasn't like an actress. She was in her military stuff. Uh-huh. And on the back of the photo, it said, "Hey, mom, I told you I could do it." And I'm just mm-hmm. like, wow. So like. Because my mom's personality, she loves to cook for people, which is part uh-huh. of the reason why I'm always in the kitchen. Inherited that from her. But like, my mom doesn't play any instruments. She doesn't sing. She doesn't really. She's not really into the arts, or whatever. Mm. My mom likes to cook, like to the point. Like her biggest fear, she said, was for us to starve to death. I don't know where she got oh, that from. Wow. I, I asked her, like, well, did you go to bed hungry? She's like, no, but like, I just don't like sing. Like she like. That's her love language, like yeah. mm-hmm. taking care of people, even though it's not one of the official five, but that's how she shows love. Mm-hmm. And acts of service. Yes, acts of service. And then I think that my mom has always had this weird loyalty to my father, even though they're divorced, that mm-hmm. I could not understand. But I really think that my mom wanted that marriage to work. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Mm-hmm. She chose to mm-hmm. be a single mom and try to get her kids to the next level yeah. or whatever. But like... My mom literally, like, I talk to so many women. I'm a boss bitch. Like, I want to do this. I'm going to do, mm-hmm. like, I'm so used to, like, strong women talking yeah. about their right. own agenda. And my mom has only spoken about being a mom. Well, I mean, that was I, mean that, if, I mean, if that is what works for her life, if that's what brings her joy. Yeah. Whatever, and, and, you know, and she Respect, honestly wants to do yeah. it. She's not doing it out of respectability politics right, right. or gender 
rolled. Right. I mean, she did have my sister in a kitchen cleaning greens and chitlins. Oh shit! Listen. Like she was like, "You need to learn how to do this." And then, ironically, I should have been in the kitchen too learning it because right. I can't make greens. <laughs> my mom you know, had but, me after she had chitlins and almost died. So that's another <laughs> <story>. <laughs> uh, I mean, but it it speaks to the power of individuals. And mm-hmm. going back to the the woman, it speaks to the power of the woman in America in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the white woman, mm-hmm. the Native American mm-hmm. woman, the mm-hmm. Asian American woman, the, exactly. the black woman, and those women, even under the oppression of patriarchy, have all had a certain level of agency. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think under the, it depends on who the woman sat under. Mm-hmm. Is she under a black man? Is she under a white man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're all subject to patriarchy, but I, I feel like, of course, just understanding history, women are horribly subject to patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And some women who have supported patriarchy as they do today have been painted as the victim or they didn't really mean it. Well, no, some of them meant it, mm-hmm. i.e. white women. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like the the housewife. Mm-hmm. She, I can't remember what book it was I was reading, but she was responsible for maintaining the law of racism within the house when the dad was away at work. So it wasn't that she was home and, oh, it's a one, I'd like to teach the world to sing in harmony. And then when dad got home, oh, now the iron fist is here and we're racist. No, they kept that line going. When mm-hmm. you look at when you look at videos from the civil rights movement and the years of segregation, they were out there yelling. They were out there spitting on people. They were out there, you know, doing the same stuff. Even back to the age of the suffragettes who called black men animals because mm-hmm. they were upset that the consideration was to give all men the right to vote. Right. And they were saying, oh, so black men are going to get the right to vote before good white women. Right. So whenever oh, I, I didn't went, realize that. Yeah, whenever. If, yeah, same. Who are. Who are uh, I'm losing it now, but the two women that were the leaders of the suffragettes, if you look up their speeches, what they wrote, what they Susan published, they, they, they talked about how upset they were that they were not going to be considered for the right to vote. But black men were. I know and, Mary and, Church and, Terrell and, was very instrumental on that. And that's why, that's why I tell mm. people, when you speak from a place of history, you need to be specific. Stop saying women got the right to vote in America in 1920. You have to <laughs> amend that and say white women got the what? right to vote. And that was a whole subject and, matter. Ida right. B. Wells, Mary Church Terrell even talked about that. Mm-hmm. That was a whole and, conversation. And, it's, and, and you, can, you can talk about it in today's time when people are well resolved and mm-hmm. they just understood and they understand what happened. Mm-hmm. When people aren't clear about what happened, they get defensive, they get argumentative, they pull yeah. they pull into a shell. It's so a lack there, of education so, in Yeah, that, so there's yeah. a craft to helping people get to that place. Like whenever I talk to people, um, whenever I talk to white folks, I send them Jane Elliott. Yeah, I don't send them. She, I don't send them. I don't send them anybody of color. Let them see who's where, somebody who look like them and where, educate them. I I feel like every time I see Jane Elliott, I'm like, the, where are the, where's the next wave of Jane Elliott? Yeah, like it's always Jane yeah. Elliott the, no, and Jane, a few white well, white women who experience some level of trauma that forces them to, to see understand her. No, Jane Elliott is the anomaly. She has worked mm-hmm. since the late 60s. Yeah. Her message has not changed. It yeah. has only become stronger. Uh-huh. And whenever people question her... She question got facts. Her, on facts. Right. On no, facts. No, and, but but also, whenever people question her, there was a uh, man... Is it the man from one of those reporters from CBS or whatever. It's some reporter. He said, how do you feel about people and their perspective of you? He said, how do you feel about the white community? She's like, I don't care. Mm. 
she said this is my duty this is my life mm-hmm. work and what she does is she places if she approaches it from a place uh-huh. of like human behavior sociology psychology all of that like there's a clip of a girl who was upset with the rules in the classroom and the because there was brown she had did a exercise where brown eyes students didn't have couldn't do x y and z yeah. if you have blue mm-hmm. or green eyes you got all these privileges yeah like stand and, up and it was only like a 20 minute exercise or mm-hmm. some shit like right. that and yeah. she, the girl broke down she's like i don't think this is fair i don't think this is you know and it's like okay now you know how black people right. feel That's what right people like. and <laughs> you have to put people through that type of trauma even though we look at it like okay you can last 20 minutes as a outsider like we do this every day mm-hmm. and then people say they were overreacting mm-hmm. um there was one woman uh her daughter was killed uh, i think it might have been in charlotte where the guy had ran his car over the protesters yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. and she now spends the rest of her life advocating against racism and she's like she's white because her, like, her daughter, the one who died, was just really, she was very yeah. big in And that. she was yeah. like, look, there's a difference between being non-racist and anti-racist. Yeah. Right. Non-racist, you know, you don't want any trouble. Like, you're... You play the middle. You're, you don't make you're like, right. you want everybody to be happy. You're cool with black people. You kind of keep quiet when your racist white family mm-hmm. members say things. You like... What? Right, but but that that act of being passive yes. also it makes you, you make complicit. It, a it, complicit. Yeah. it makes you complicit. You and she's like, choice. you have the white person. You have to make the choice to be anti-racist, mean that you do not stand for it. Yeah. If someone brings it up at the dinner table, dinner's no. over because you've gone off. Right. Like right. you're not it's trying to maintain because you and understand then, how ugly it is. Right, and, and and then what what all of this forces you to do. I've learned this as I've aged and become more visible to people through social media. Mm-hmm. You have to really discipline yourself and bring yourself to a place where you can discuss things without arguing, without fighting, mm-hmm. without raising your voice. Mm-hmm. I'm in a place now we can talk about anything. And I tell you all the time, make sure that you're available for the conversation. Yeah. If you're black, if you're white, if you're oppressed, if you're rich, if uh-huh. you're poor, make sure that you're available for the conversation. Even if you have to give people some rough information and tell them about themselves, you do it from a place of historic give them the history of things Mm -hmm. because you cannot argue with what happened exactly if anybody if anybody questions the four of us next week and they say what did you guys do last sunday we cannot lie and say that we were anywhere else because the record is here it's being recorded your social media has picked it up all of our locators have placed us our cell phones history has told us that even that shit don't matter but i I hear what you're saying no but i'm saying but i'm saying but I'm saying if 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 it's told correctly, yes. but here's and I know we we're we're going to talk about the love languages. Calm down. <laughs> I feel like we've gone into like a very valuable. No, but discussion. all of this is rooted in love languages yes, because some of us are in interracial relationships, mm-hmm. and this also ties into how you communicate your your support That's of true. each other. Yeah, you have friends that don't look like you, yeah. like you. You know, I think sometimes when you're black you feel like you're the only person that's getting it mm-hmm. and then you don't understand what someone who's biracial is going through you don't uh-huh. understand what like your asian friends might be going yeah. through mm-hmm. like i don't know what it's like to have someone say where are you from no where you, like which country are you from yeah. like what type yeah. of asian are you yeah yeah, yeah. Right. like that is a new like i wouldn't be able to process that like right. i was born here and because the basis on how they're going to treat you how they look at you right like you don't even realize 
you know the context of what kind of Asian are you? It's just like, okay, do I respect you or do I and not? And what what I and what value does that have? If, right. You know, if I'm Japanese, Korean, uh, Chinese, like what? Southern Korean or Northern Korean, like, like that's a whole other thing. You, you but even dark dark you, you ain't gonna meet no Northern Korean in America because they can't get out. Yeah, right. No, but dark or light, like it's just always uh, Carmen. You really tried to. <laughs> no, this is a this is a teaching <laughs> moment for you. People in North Korea really. They, they can't they're not allowed to leave it's Understood. hard to leave North Korea Understood. Respect. Well, so so you meet somebody that's Korean they're South Korean or they escape so. yeah. yeah yeah so for me this is actually like hard because mm-hmm. I was not raised like knowing any part of my father's history mm-hmm. and my like black family side mm-hmm. and I didn't know that until recently mm-hmm. and when you, you know, found out were you angry no oh. it's just you know it's new information you know what i mean and so my grandmother has always said me and my brother were raised white and i'm like what what does that mean mean? what's wrong like i i didn't get that until i was an adult you know and then things start happening life like (laughs) you start encountering people and it could be like people on the street it could be police it could be this or it could be that and you're like oh okay like people do pay attention to the color of your skin it doesn't mm. matter wow like it doesn't matter what what it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it doesn't matter Which where your so what your who your family is it doesn't matter where you come from how much money. like if you right. are the correct tint people will be like yep. what are you about to steal wow. and i never encountered that until i was an adult yeah mm-hmm. which now you know i'm sitting here and i haven't been vocal because i'm still learning like yes. this yeah. is so this is new information to yeah. me not new new but i'm hearing it and i'm like wow Experience like, is I, new. I need yeah. to know this yeah. you know what i mean and everyone needs to know it mm-hmm. because this could be anyone. It doesn't matter what, you know, what level of privilege or anything that you were born into, raised, mm-hmm. like your skin, people still pay so much attention to that. Uh, I was raised in Nashville and I w- will say that I didn't really experience much racism. I experienced some like ignorant stuff, but it was nothing that was traumatic. Wow, that's crazy because when I was there, I like I, I don't know if it like I. It depends on where you go. Like no, okay. I so, mean, Nashville's kind of like the New York of the South, so I guess I could have been like sheltered from it, and uh-huh. I went to it's, like a special. You were more so downtown though. Yeah, I went to okay. high school downtown, so it was like mm-hmm. very much integrated, and then like what racism I did feel I felt from like one specific teacher that was just doing things that were just obliviously like right, right. Right. So, from right. so, so, so when when you all say experience racism I look at it I grew up in racism mm-hmm. uh-huh. but I didn't experience it to where it was an emotional situation uh-huh. until I was probably in about fifth grade where a teacher of mine told me Darrell you speak so well because I had switched from uh, all black environment to an environment that was predominantly white and mm-hmm. Jewish, and but but my family had prepped me to. They taught me what certain phrases meant. Okay, I was I was raised. Don't ever let anybody pat you on the head. Yep. Um, don't ever let them say something. Yep. And I told my fifth grade teacher. I said, I know what that means. Don't ever say that to me again. Wow. So I was I was raised in racism, but that's the first emotional seven response, year old. Uh, emotional yeah. memory. Seven because, years old, and you got to articulate. No, ten that. ten years old. Ten years grade. old. Yeah. So there, there's a difference in a cerebral experience uh-huh. and emotional experience. I can look at someone that is Latino, 
being dealt with by the police and I can say, oh my gosh, I wonder how that feels not being American born. But I don't mm-hmm. have an emotional attachment right. to that. It's cerebral. Right. But if I see, a, like, you know, it's illegal to walk in between train cars. Mm-hmm. If right. they see you walking between train, a cop sees you, whether the train is moving or still, they will grab you. They need to check your ID. Right. I've seen so many black young men walk out of the train stations in handcuffs because it they have a warrant or something happened. But it came from the fact that there was a law against people walking between the train cars. Get the fuck up. I've that happen so many times. Yeah, I have an emotional attachment to that because of who I am and how I look. That can actually happen to me. Right. So I, I was brought up, I knew the white side of town. I knew where to be before dark and where not mm-hmm. to be after dark. I knew, right. I knew socioeconomic. You know when to pay attention to the cars. Right. Like when, right. when you see a lot more white people get on the train and when a lot more white people get off the train. Right. Yeah. Cool. Same, I, same I didn't experience that until I was in Chicago. But that. also, I had, like, my grandparents and my parents say, you know, when you walk into a store, make sure the person can see you because they might think that you're stealing or something like that. Well, you like gotta that. dress a certain or way. You gotta a dress a certain way to go downtown. Da-da, or, you know, make sure you do this or don't. Like, I got that, but I was kind of like, <laughs> oh, okay, you guys are really old. Because I no, thought... No, no, so what I'm saying really, is, yeah. that, that is experiencing racism. It right. doesn't yeah. have to be someone yeah. saying, nigga, sit down. Right. Or wipe. That is experiencing racism. If you, if you understand and you know, like the last time I, I was home, uh, well, I mean, not the last time. The few years back, I was home, and this is the last incident where I was in contact with the police. Uh-huh. A friend of mine, she was driving, black woman, and three guys. We were in the car. She didn't signal a lane change. Here come the cop. Whoop whoop. Mm-hmm. We immediately assumed a posture of right. peace. We looked straight ahead. We did not move our hands. We didn't do. We didn't do anything because. We understood that right. just from the times that we live in. You, I just got the chills because I remember right. one time, uh, this is when I first started dating my husband, who's uh, white, European, French. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like, oh, God, I'm like having a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. But um, he's dry. He, I think we borrowed my friend's car or we rented a car. So we, we, we rented a car. Um, and. My husband didn't have, like, it's, like, if you're renting a car, you can use your international ID yeah. uh-huh. to rent the car or whatever. We're in L.A. Gam, my husband's name's Gam. We're driving around or whatever, and he gets to, like, an intersection, and he doesn't understand when he can turn. Gotcha. Because mm-hmm. it was just, like, complicated. Also, I don't drive, so I couldn't advise him on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... He goes straight, and then, like, these cars are coming, so apparently it wasn't the time to... Siren goes off. Woo woo! Yeah, honest he mistake. He pulls the car over, right. and I immediately, like, oh, God. Mm. Guillaume, on the other hand, I'm like, oh, right. God. Officer comes up. Can I see your license? You know, you're not supposed to da-da-da. Police officer, to his credit, was being friendly. Mm-hmm. My husband, who... Typical French person just disgusted with Americans <laughs> and certainly didn't just feel in general the need to respect the cop was like what the and in my head I'm just like please shut up because that cop is not gonna hurt you the way he's gonna hurt me right. like I'm panicking right. whatever yeah. and so the cop was like I could like literally arrest you based off of the what you literally are putting people at danger like you really shouldn't be on the road. Mm-hmm. And my husband doesn't even make con- eye contact. He just like, rolls his eyes. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to jail. <laughs> so 
the cop was I guess the cop saw me freaking out and was just like, okay, well, you guys enjoy the rest of your day and please mm-hmm. be a little bit more careful and walked away. I think that was God. That uh, was, because we drove off. Gam's like, uh, you stupid cops, like, they think they have all this power. Da, da, da. I was like, Gam, if they you do. ever put me in a situation like that, Bruh. we cannot date. Like, they do have that. you they have do. to be aware that I'm black and I respond to things differently than you. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't, dirt. I feel like police brutality happens in waves. Yeah. Right. Like, you hear about it, it's saturated news, and it kind of goes away. It's still happening, right. but it, it's not. Okay, right. so let, let's, let's amend that. Yeah. The conversation the about conversation, yes. happens in waves. Right. Because and it I, happens every day. It does happen every day. Every week. Also, and I'm talking in wow. reference to, like, yeah. social media. Like, yeah. you'll see posts about it, and then the posts kind of get small. It does out after a week. And it, it, sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, I become aware of stuff, and I'm like, why aren't people talking about it? It's like, oh, it's not the season to talk about it. Well, I mean, I mean we, we're, we are raised in a, in a society that is rooted in popular culture. Right. Yeah. So... Things right. don't have any footing in history or anything with pop culture. A star can be in one day, out the next. Yeah, a certain yeah. cut of blouse can be in one day, out the next. Right. The same with news. That's what that's that's the whole thing. The musical Chicago is built around. Yeah. If you really pay attention to Chicago, it talks about how everything you can purchase anything. You can purchase freedom. Um, how um, when Oprah uh, Oprah uh, yeah Oprah Winfrey did the leaving Neverland whatever about Michael Jackson mm-hmm, she yeah. quoted a woman who said celebrity supersedes criminality mm. you know what I'm saying so if Hi, it's R. Kelly. If, if, it, if it's on <laughs> if, if it's on a billboard then people are concerned about it because yeah. we're trained that way yeah. that's right. that marketing is rooted in psychology oh yeah if, if you see it, which I, is what I do <laughs> I, I say it all the time if you see M&M's on the side of a bus if you see M&M's on a billboard and you see M&M's on a commercial on YouTube when you look at a whole shelf of candy you're generally going to go toward the eminent because the yeah. message is already repeating in your but brain. But how about this? It's not even that you see it on the shelf. You're, you've already got the item that you want to buy and you're at the register and then you see it and then you just naturally pick it up and yeah. just... Like people Let's, don't understand. Like people want to pretend that they are these hyper uh, super superhuman yeah. like Marketing doesn't work. Your marketing right. tactics don't work on me. It's like no, like it I got your ass. Like a I knew how to make we sure people watch it. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta every week. Like I was very good I at making sure people did that. that Listen, it's it's super important. One of my professors in college, my sociology professor, Nike, she went to it's an Asian country. I can't remember the country, but they moved her and her family there, and they spent a year there or more understanding the culture of the people there mm-hmm. so that Nike would know what language is offensive mm-hmm. what images are offensive mm-hmm. what are the religious practices of this area so that when we build an ad uh-huh. we don't offend anyone yep mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like like mm-hmm. Gilbert Godfrey when he was fired from Geico after making that comment about the victims of the tsunami he made that comment in like a comedy show on a Friday night. Monday morning, Geico let his ass go. They were like, no, darling, this is about 20% of our customer base. And, you're, and you've offended them. He made a comment about this man was looking for his girlfriend. Oh, there she goes. She was floating down the street. Oh he was fi- he was fired that Monday. Or when uh, VH1 did that sorority sister show. Oh, we are. I literally don't do it. Please don't. No, you can't do it. No, don't listen, change it. And, no, and, and no. Listen, they, and the show actually started off as sort of like a fun thing. 
Right. Like that's how it, was it initially like first got. Two, three episodes. No, 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 no. This is before that. Okay. Like, no, that's not what it was. It was literally a show about the successful black women mm-hmm. who were in sororities and kind of like, like they were just like you would see them like launching business and supporting each other, and then there would be like a little like cat fat cat fat cat fight here and there but it was never to the degree of i'm gonna beat somebody's ass like it wasn't love and hip-hop right it went through channels and they kept changing it it kept changing it i kept saying hey this is gonna backfire black people do not play when it comes to greek life hey like they're like they watch love and hip-hop so they and then that is that is that and that see, show and see here they go yep. that that is an assumption that they made because they don't have any information. Right. They 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 did did they do any inf- research on the divine nine? Did they know what the panhellenic situation was? Exactly. Did they know a zeta from More a delta? South, did, south. Did, did they know a Q from a Catholic? I mean, the producers that worked on the show knew it, but they were packaging a show that they based off of what their information, firsthand information experience was. That would have been palatable at a, at a white institution, probably. but right. when people are looking at it, like, well, this bores me. Like, it has to be more like this. So then they go through research. They want to add some. I still don't. It doesn't. Like, can it be a little more like this? And then you come up with all these. Well, K. Michelle's in love and hip hop, and she's in a sorority, and you know, if, essentially, it's going to be like. But is K. Is she an honorary? I don't know. Did, did she, she, I think really she pledged. pledged. Because oh, part okay. of the yeah, okay. because part of the protest was like, "Hey, I know I'm on Love and Hip Hop being ratchet, but like, I don't talk about my Greek life on the show. I keep it separate out of respect for Greek life." Yeah, right, right. But so, but, but again, that's that's also a dumb perspective because you can't keep it separate because all of your sorors are watching the show. But you know, be, be, no, 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 but the, the 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 thing was was that. The show was advertising the sororities actively. They were wearing the colors. They were showing them doing certain things. Like, there's certain things that are sacred. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like when they do the dances and you see that white person try to get into it. And they Bitch, pull them out. You There's a lot of killed. videos. Had that Cross this line, you, you talk, are killed. The, the mama that was going with the cute dogs. Had that been the Musai chapter, which is where we're going to come on the auntie, mother come maybe would have got a cracked eyeball. Do that to Central. Baby, you Listen. get cut. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what it... When you know who you're, because she that person, because there's a lot of videos of white people like, oh, I like this. And then it's like, no, right. no, 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 that's yeah, not I for you. I saw a video of that. Like, baby. That's probably... A white person that came with a black person. The black person is embarrassed. Did not prep. And and the black person did not prep them. You have the education on the divine nine and what you do and what you don't do. Right, right. And and, and, and for me, I I just want to be clear that I don't have a respectability politic around Greek life. I think a lot of it is bullshit. I have a respect respect for it. I'm a GBI. What is a GBI? Goddamn independent. My daddy told me that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, but but coming from it. Coming from an HBCU, from an HBCU. From my HBCU. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I just don't want it to be positioned that I'm a person who's like, y'all better respect them because I'm just saying the network didn't understand who they would be offending I, by by having women arguing, yelling, cussing, and go and treating but them arguing like, to the point where they're about to fight each other, and it's like, I don't, I. I mean, I, I saw that going through college in Greek life. I mean, they would they would be going at it at parties. Yeah, like that. but that was but, happening. Like that was a like. Uh, no, just, but but I'm saying you're you're not going to 
their respectability politics are not going to allow you to keep that going. Just like mm. when Anika Noni Rose had that show. Anika Noni Rose had what show? Um, uh, is it called the the where she was a a dean that at BET, an HBC, that BET, the BET show? Yes. BET got so much flack on her because she was presented as a woman who was having sex at work or she was she wasn't the black woman they felt she should be just i mean but go back but i thought mary but, but, jane was about the same thing no being mary jane she was a professional she was a journalist she was on a tv show and stuff like that completely different that's another ball game um just like going back if you go this is history if you go back to julia the show that diane carroll had uh-huh that was canceled because black people could not they said they said that black people did not relate to her because black women weren't nurses and independent during that period. Uh, I was just, like, black women weren't nurses. No, just I mean, but but I'm saying at from, that from, time, from, at right, that from, time, we knew they were, but they were not. That character was not relatable. Right. Just like Whitney Houston being booed at the Soul Train Awards because of the way she was curated by Clive Davis. Black people thought she sounded white because she was pop. But all they had to do was go to a live show or actually just listen to the whole album and she sang like a black girl. Mm-hmm. It was just pop production. Just like engineer. When Rihanna first came out, not saying that Rihanna is Whitney Houston, but like when Rihanna first came out, they were like, You're replacing Christina Million. So here's some mm. pop songs. And we throw some island stuff in there to see where that goes. Then Rihanna became of age and she was like, Nah, I'm this is who I am. I'm grown. Right. I'm about to come out with a reggae album. No, I just want to, I want it all reggae. I'm tired of. I've been doing dance music for how many years? I'm gonna do right, and and see that that's another. You have to just when you're black, you have to do all of this work to prove yourself, yeah. just to get to the point where you could do what you want. Yeah, I mean, just just like um, I was speaking with some people, Viola Do- Viola Davis has made the statement that I'm not working with hairstylists that don't understand black hair. Baby. But why and my when you posted that or maybe I posted one of us posted it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who posted what, but you I made had, share yours, yeah. You have made that I my comment about it was like, why would you let someone touch you that didn't know how to like okay, okay. And, trying and, to get a job done. But right, and, and my response is she is now at a place of power where yeah. she can, can do it because do, she, yeah. represent, she, she represents money. It's not that the business respects her as a black woman. No, she represents a dollar and a coin. Mm-hmm. So now she can say that. But when she was playing Antoine Fisher's mother Baby. with one line, uh-huh. big old afro, yeah. looking like a dope addict, she didn't have that amount of power mm-hmm. back right. then. So she couldn't make that call. Mm-hmm. She would have. She would be like, "I'm not working because they don't know how to do this afro." No, okay, the, mother, we gonna dismiss like, you next. and call another another yeah. woman in to do it. So, yeah, because a lot of times the black actresses would end up having to do their own hair or their own yeah, makeup. their own makeup, or or suffer these horrible ass wigs that we see on TV all the time. Like, like when I look, when, first when I look at like the Housewives chain, like Housewives of Atlanta. I'm sorry, I know girls that live in New York that are actors, that are clerical workers, that are whatever, and they do not make the money that these women pull in from reality TV. Baby. And their hair looks much better Baby. than the people that are on television. I'm like, what is going on? They don't but, know what the fuck they doing. But then you have to realize who's working on the hair, who's production, all of this stuff. So, <laughs> so it's it's just a situation of understanding power, understanding, like you said, how do I want people to treat me? And then bringing this back uh-huh. to love languages. Like, how do I treat you mm-hmm. if I if I if I see that I can probably pay attention to someone and if touch is not their love language I'll pick that up because they don't respond 
joyfully from me like hugging oh, them. Offended it's about, by it's, offended by that. You're mm-hmm. a really hyping up. <laughs> Darrell, it's like you're a liquor. hype man, just like coming in. Like it's there's like a hip hop beat in the background, and Darrell is like spitting bars. And you just like yeah, yeah, like hey, like okay, Karma, calm down. So why Karma? Here, here's a good example of this. Because I'm a black woman. So just in terms of like love languages, how you communicate, and also being considerate of others, which I think is the greater conversation that we're mm-hmm. talking about, and then all of us at the table are black so uh, well actually like how do you like He's to identify see i had to step i had to stop yeah, myself no, I because mean. i identify all mixed people as black just because yeah. i know my mom's like mixed and she identifies as black can we and, use biracial because i always I, when somebody say mixed i think about pets and animals can we say biracial? yeah i'm sorry uh, see oh. like you have to really you go there yeah no okay. like you know how many times like it's, it's the, the term for, as I've read and researched uh-huh. it's a mixed breed of dog exactly okay. it's a mixed breed of this animal so mm. I always say like biracial I but but, about that. but I was I was also raised and I had a one of my best friends in college we had a, a very hard knockdown drag out conversation about it he's biracial his father's white his mother's black uh-huh. and I said I don't know if your parents told you or not but. There is the way that you perceive yourself right. from yeah. the safety of your home uh-huh. exactly. when you're brushing your teeth in the mirror. And then there's the way the world sees you as far as like crime, opportunity, right. socioeconomic division. So I was I was always aware of that. You know, so so in in life a person can be biracial, but if one of those parents is black, mm-hmm. when you hit that threshold, mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge how the world sees you. You don't have to change how you acknowledge yourself in total, uh-huh. but you have to acknowledge how the world how sees the world. and treats you. And here's how mm-hmm. I have had so many friends who are biracial, and you could tell who talked about race in the household and actively didn't. and who mm-hmm. didn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And always the case of the ones who didn't, they just had this identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, why is this happening to me? This shouldn't be happening to me. Or... You know, the conversation's always like, I, I don't fit in with the black people because I'm not black enough. I don't fit in with the white people because I'm not yeah. white. Like, yeah. and then also. I would raise my hand and say fully that I would categorize myself. Wow, as I was that. about to go for you. I was about to go to you for that. And then yeah. my, I have one friend who hopefully she's still listening to the podcast, Kelsey. Um, her dad is from Granada mm-hmm. and her mom is Jewish. Mm-hmm. So she got to do birthright and stuff like that, but she always goes to the islands and stuff like that. And she always would tell people, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. But that's because both of her parents were like, look, you have a light complexion, but your hair is still kinky and you're still, you're not, you're not, ne- her mom was Jewish. So I think that's coming from that mindset of like, yeah. Mm -hmm. what the Jews been through like Mm -hmm. she wanted to make sure that she would never be able to assimilate into whiteness and and that's not a bad thing as long as you don't put a weight on your child that this is who you are and whoa whoa am I yeah It's, it's, it's just setting your child up to understand what the world is going to give them just like I I grew up understanding that women need to be taught like don't don't walk the streets at night without some, you know, without some because yeah. because you you, right. you can be a victim or don't leave your drink like right, like little stuff. So, so, so like women that. are taught that, but are men taught to protect the woman now? No, they're not. 
not 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 for the for the most part but i mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm just saying i i understand how you take the initiative to help approach. help pr- protect your child mm-hmm. or to so, to prepare or equip them what i'm Press realizing it. is that like i was taught all of this stuff you know mm-hmm. what i mean but not with the perspective of because you have a different skin tone mm-hmm. it was just like this is what you do so i was like okay you know what yeah. I mean? And that was just kind yeah, of my life. Yeah. And yeah. then, so it has worked out. You never and, saw yourself as different. Right. And I grew up in international situations. Like when I was little, I uh, when I started school, I was living in Japan. I went to an international school. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people were from Europe. They were from the States. They were from Asia. Like it was from everywhere. Yes. And so no one was different. You right. know what I mean? And then I moved to the States. We lived outside of D.C. And that's a very international area. Like, it was just never a conversation. I think that has such a profound effect on people. Totally. Because I went to a high school. It was, like, that's where I ate sushi for the first time. That's where I learned about Indian culture. Because I had a lot of Indian friends. Exactly. Like, I was not just with like black or white people like it was like a lot of cultures but you don't realize like how privileged you are and i I, you know i have no problems with the way that i was raised and who knows like i don't even know if i would have understood if my parents were like okay well like if you get pulled over my dad always said if you get pulled over you need to immediately turn off the car and put the keys up on the dash make sure your hands are visible be respectful look the police in Mm -hmm. the eye but he never told you the why he never said it's because you're black he just said do it and i'm like okay yeah obviously i'm gonna do it and so i was literally talking to my wife about this the other day Mm -hmm. i was like all of this stuff is so important and really everybody should do it but mm-hmm. i want to communicate to our you children when we have them like do, do it because you may be perceived differently and you never know who you're dealing with and like i i i went to college in texas and that's the first time that i ever Oof. experienced oh, yes. like direct like yes. fear with that because i'd been pulled over in my hometown i always did what my dad said yeah. uh-huh. it was never a thing there was one time that I was driving in the middle of nowhere and I got pulled over and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to be killed. Like, oh, I, mm-hmm. there was a white person in the car and I was like, literally, thank God there's a white person in here because I'd be dead. Yeah. Like, this wow. dude just pulled me over for no reason because I had Virginia plates in Texas, searched my entire car for no reason. Like, I was going 25 and a 25. It was 6 a.m. The sun wasn't even up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wait, I'm going to die, you know? And... Yeah. <laughs> That, I, that that's the emotional response, right? Versus, white versus, versus, versus the cerebral response right. Yeah. Right. that someone else who is not in your shoes would have to that situation, right? Like you, you, you didn't have any control over how you felt, yeah. right? It just came over you, correct? Right? You'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm pro-, because of all of what you've seen thus far for and what he's been told, exactly. and then also, Carmen, you're drunk. Let's <laughs> just accept it. <laughs> You literally are just repeating what Darrell. You're just hyping him up. And no, you got the you got the bedroom eyes. You are on your best behavior. She a little one nine hundred. Let right me now try something. You look like a chipmunk. You look like a chipmunk. She's smiling. Like you ain't cute. Okay, she's cute feeling great. Right. I'm cute. Did you spot. sneak it? Take some of my medicinal marijuana. Don't worry about what I did she and did. how I did it. Did you see that switch from don't and work? Don't worry about what. But look, but look, I didn't I made the mistake of thinking when my parents were telling me about don't do this da, 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 I thought 
it was reserved for a specific type of black person. Because mm. oh. I was the one that wasn't going out with mm-hmm. the other kids in the neighborhood. You say sheltered, right? You were more sheltered. Yeah. I was. Ter- I had so much anxiety as a kid. I didn't know it was anxiety. But uh-huh. my parents almost, again, love languages. They were just, I was the old, their oldest kid together. I had an older half brother, but he didn't stay, uh, he didn't live with us. Mm-hmm. But it was just dumped on me. Don't do this. You have to get good grades. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, it's because they don't want me to go to jail. They don't want me doing drugs. They don't want me doing X, Y, and Z. So I'm thinking, okay, if I just be a good kid, I won't have to deal with the stuff that some of my uh, childhood friends were going through. But if they share that information with you, uh-huh. what, what what they have done for what you? What do you mean though? if they shared that? They did share oh, beca- information. Because you're black. Don't do this because you're black. No, no, no. They, they said it. You look different from them. No, no, no. They said you're black. You can't just... You, oh, okay. You, people are going to look at you because you're black, people so, are going to look at you as a thief, as a criminal, as if something happens, they're going to blame you. I was never And there was that. multiple instances where I would, I, maybe three instances when I was in elementary school where I got blamed for shit just randomly. And I, knowing who I was, who my mom was, would just be like, I didn't do that. And I really am offended that I was such a, like a smart ass kid. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> appalled <laughs> that you have looked like, I'm just going to be completely honest. I don't do what those kids do. I literally am the most well-behaved student here. I get straight A's, and you have assumed that I did something because I look like them. Like so, right? So, so with that, uh that it sounds like that established within you Uh a respectability politics. Uh Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm a good downtown Nashville. I'm I'm a good black kid. Mm-hmm. You, my parents are, edu- or my parents are. Certain- There's a certain privilege that he was right, born into. Right. And, and, and the I, school that he went well, to. not even because I literally was the same in- house income stuff like that. Like I, but you were down, so you went to school downtown, not in elementary though. school though. That's okay. part of the reason I went to school downtown was because I felt like my parents put this weight on me to not be another statistic. statistic. Yeah, and so, but with that. I kind of thought I was better than everybody because I wasn't the one getting in trouble. And then when I would get accused of stuff, all I had to do is have them call my mom. My mom would cuss them out. Like, and then they would have to, like, I got written apologies and I shit. Got, I got parents like that. Like, But in my head, I'm like, now that I saw the Central Park Five. Uh, That's a whole nother discussion, uh, The y'all. things. No, I'm sorry. I wanted to say the things they carried or something like that. Wasn't that like a... A Hurston? I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling the whiskey still. Okay. Oh, you you um, talk about... You talking about the Central Park? I were watching God. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Zora Neale, yeah. Anyway, so I saw the Central Park Five uh-huh. uh, when they see us. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, they accused me of something because I was black. And I just went to my mom and had them check them. But what about the kids that actually hang out with those they guys? They at the that, right place at the right time for them to be active. Really didn't do it, but they have to be in trouble because one of their friends did it, yeah. or right. a white Somebody kid did it, did. and right. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so all of this is a result of a lack of context. Uh huh. Yeah, you can tell your children things or education. But, no, no, but even even outside you of need like, context, even outside of a formal education, because mm-hmm. one thing I learned going through college is that a lot of educated people are dumb as hell. 
So Baby, we, so we live, so, so, there, so, yeah. book so smart, not, but not street smart. Hello. So, so not Lack so outside of education, because there are different ways to contextualize things. Mm-hmm. So when you tell someone and you don't really contextualize it so that they can comprehend it, some people are visual learners. Some people, you can just write it yep. out for them. Talk about it. You know, so Different ways of learning. I was taught something... <laughs> Shut up, Carmen. So drunk. So, so, so some some things with me, I got like straight no chasing. I knew the whole Emmett Till story before I got to middle school. Mm-mm. I don't think, looking back, I don't think I needed to hear that a li- that a boy close to my age was murdered in that way. But it ultimately helped me recognize certain things in the world. I'm not hyper vigilant, but I do recognize shit when it happens. I think my mom also was trying to protect she wanted us to have a childhood because i feel like she might have been robbed of a childhood somehow yeah uh just dealing with you know the civil rights and things like that like she really wanted to make sure like my parents met in washington but the reason why i was raised in nashville like they could have lived anywhere but my mom liked nashville like i even will tell people that you know because TV production in Nashville is picking up right now. So I'm going to Nashville. Like it's a great place to raise kids. Mm -hmm. Like the crime rate is low. It's nice. You can live in your side of town and not be bothered. Like Mm -hmm. the education. Like there are really no bad school. Like even the the worst school in Nashville is still the a better school than most Mm -hmm. schools in the country. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. But 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 again, that is. I, I get that, but still prepare your children right. and let them know that, yeah, honey, this is a microcosm. This right. is one city in a complete nation. And I didn't get that. I got you, that wake-up call when I moved to Chicago. I was right. like, wait, what? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's no different from my mother. It would worry us. It would wear us out. You know, if I leave this earth tomorrow, I want you all to be able to take care of yourself. I got so that too I, so at like I, age I, four. I learned how to wash dishes. I uh-huh. learned how to wash clothes. I learned how to cook a meal for myself. You know, so by the time I was in middle school, we were at home for the summer. If you weren't at camp or something, we knew how to cook something other than making mm-hmm. a cold sandwich. But we were also prepared on how the world would view us. Yeah. And I also had a different experience from my brother because I was an artist. Mm-hmm. I was a singer. And I got to go to different cities because I was singing. And my brother was just generally always in Greensboro mm. and I would go home and I would be like oh I was I was like oh my god they wear like parasukos in DC or um you gotta scrunch your sock down because that's how they do it in Philly because I was going to different cities in middle and high school and I would see those different things mm-hmm. so and I was also able to see socioeconomic division and mm. I I first got my glance at that I didn't know what that was until I got to Chicago no mm. I, 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 I learned got, in theater class I got my first glance at that in fifth grade because mm. I was like, oh, that's what you do in the summer if your dad has a Jaguar and you live in a really big house. Oh, you go to Europe oh, or you go skiing. So I'm like, I went to the recreational center. We swam. We went to we, pool. We did a little double the dutch. Pool was lit. And yeah. it, was, it was amazing. So I understood things that were different. And uh-huh. I, also, I also learned the coldness from the perspective of family, I learned the coldness of wealth because a lot of the kids, their parents didn't kiss them when they dropped them off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or they didn't hug them at assemblies or it was a nanny that came with yeah. them. The and then they, those well, kids turned into some fucked up d- adults that got me fucked up because I'm like... <laughs> Shut up! And it's worse now. Like, and what I'm like, finding as I mature into an adult, I feel like the closer I get to being a senior citizen, the less oh, I give shit. a fuck about whether or not I hurt a white person's feelings. This is true. And... 
Luckily, I'm married to the guy I'm married to because he just co-signs on everything. And then I'll bring something up, and he'll be like, "Yeah." And then this happened because he's a historian. I was like, "Shit!" Right? And, like and, I didn't even right. know that fucking happened. No, right? <laughs> you know? and, 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 but 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 that's the line that you have to maintain when you're approaching something as a humanist, right? And as a person who understands history, mm-hmm. I don't care. I mean, I do care if your feelings are hurt by the truth of history. I'm going to approach you in a manner that you can take it in. I'm going to be sensitive to the fact that you are, are that you yeah. are human with the different experience. But sometimes people can give facts mm-hmm. a bit too harshly. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so there is there, like I could probably tell you something serious, mm-hmm. Carmen, but I would say it differently if I had to say it to quit. Oh, you being, to, being new to you, I would ask you some questions before I come communicate to you. So I could love languages, right? So I could right. understand how. Can I talk to you like my friends? We are really physical, but one of my friends she had to explain to another friend. Oh no! When Darrell like hits you and like yanks you back and forth, mm-hmm. he's laughing. He loves you. He's having a great time. My friends also know if I meet someone and I generally, I'm like, hey, like a cat. They know I don't Little fuck. Bitch. They know. <laughs> no, no. Or, or if I'm just real pleasant. Mm-hmm. Hi, so good to see you. Uh-huh, that's a southern. They, they know I don't fuck with you that person. Sony, yeah. But if I'm like, girl, what's the? T-? You know, stuff right. like that. Mm-hmm. Or, or even if I, I don't know, people can kind of. If I'm really even with somebody and I don't talk no shit to them, right? I don't really like them. Right. Mm-hmm. One of my love languages is communication. I give mm-hmm. everybody a little pet name. I call people baby sugar, and that's part of me being southern. When mm-hmm. I moved up here, I had to understand people's language, especially in the workplace. Yeah. Women weren't okay with me calling saying them baby, baby. or uh-huh. or just saying yeah. boo. Hey boo, how you doing? And or, you're thinking, oh, this is just me. This is my personality. The and they're viewing you as a man that has more power than them. So, so that like, was wait, like, don't call me the a flip pet. Side of my point earlier, because yeah. a lot of times you come on. You come on with as a person with an intense personality. It's yeah. hard to read other people's love languages, uh-huh. but you also impose your own love languages yeah. on yes. people without knowing what theirs is. Yes, yeah. but I think quiet people do that too. Yeah, but I, I, not. I mean, impose is intense, but right. you know what I mean. Like, I know what you mean. It, it, when when you have that kind of personality and you're like. A, a little bit loud and really like involved and you mm-hmm. like to be comfortable with people not only do you expect the same of them but you yeah. like also want them to to respond just well you to as it. you yeah. are respond the way that you and just in. be who you Imagine. are and I'm all like times Karen no adaptation. no that's offensive to me you will stop doing that or there's going to be a situation on the 19th floor like I can't right Rob, and 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 then there's also the line of understanding when something is a cultural difference versus mm-hmm. somebody being dismissive, or like yeah, I I said, hey, but we got a meeting, and this one girl, she was like, girl, not at the job, like calling her boo because, uh-huh. and honestly, that can be an HR issue because yeah. that's a certain level of frater- yeah. fraternization yeah. Mm-hmm. that some people can be uncomfortable that's with. Sexual assault, yeah, 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 pet names in the workplace are different. Mm-hmm. Hugging is a situation yeah, in the work. I mean. Even in the office, it's like we'll make jokes, and then the the punchline of the joke is like, okay, don't tell your jar, like right, but because but we're in a that. we're even in a brand oh, new chapter of respectability yeah. politics, mm-hmm. where it's like I'll go up to like a coworker that I literally will hang out with outside of work or whatever, and I'll be like, oh my god, you look so fucking sexy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, don't tell HR I said that. We're like, ha ha ha. But and like, we do the same exact thing. We'll literally pick up the phone and be like, hello, HR. Yeah, <laughs> they would. In a moment, like, they would. Yeah, Seriously. no, we, we do. But like, I mean, we don't actually call them, but that's our joke. Like, yeah. it's constantly, you're that close we're like, to it. we know that this is so wrong. But... Everything has a title. Right. right. But, 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 but again, it also, 
everybody's microcosm is different. Uh-huh. Right? When I worked at Broadway.com, that <laughs> Stop giving these brands I don't give recognition. Don't, don't go to that site unless that, you're going to Venmo me that, at Quintensity. That, <laughs> but it's also Just $5 because, it's, also because it's, the, it's the arts. Yeah. If you are in a show... you got to be sensitive to certain things because you're dealing with different cultures. Right. If you're in a show and you there's a... It, if it's equity, if it's union, there's a, an equity deputy. The person can volunteer or the person can be nominated by the mm-hmm. cast. Right. They are kind of like the HR person. Mm. Was I assaulted? Did we not get a break? Were they not adhering to the schedule? Oh, yeah, because well, it's what, like a union. The guy from the, yeah. the shack, can we talk about him? No. no. Okay, no, no, no. Oh, so no. like, so, so that person would be kind of be like the HR situation. Where, and I've been in situations where... You know, it's it's we're artists, so we yeah. it's a different level of emoting and communal existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been instances where, in performing, someone might cross a barrier, yeah. and right. you, and you tell that person, "Hey, so when we do this choreography, I know we're partnering, or what? Can you not touch me at certain places because yeah. that's not what the choreography was? So let's keep it here, keep the hand high." Mm. And some people are like, "Well, I'm just performing, yeah, yeah." So. In the arts, it's not always a tight knit HR situation right. where you can pick up the phone and dial right. extension twelve and be like, "I need a report." Well, also, <laughs> like, so everybody's microcosm is different. Yeah. Carmen just brought up the guy from the shy, and I don't want oh, no. to overlook it, but also don't want to like spend a lot of time talking about it. But specifically with black women, it's hard for them to get these roles, mm-hmm. and so when they get into situations that are uncomfortable they're trying to figure out ways to keep their job without getting blacklisted mm. it's a very complicated thing yeah, that's true. also it doesn't matter how bad the situation is the black woman is always going to be looked at as the villain yeah yeah it just we're the this, bottom of the barrel yeah the the guy did something that was so horrible that his management dropped him his agency dropped him yeah. he got fired from he has the show no shows. like he's his career is done why are people on social media attacking the girl because of, because of her character, I get it. Yes. No, not because of her character. I think, it, I think I think it's patriarchy, but I think it's part of that. People connect so much with their character that they don't they, they they dislike that person too. So they're just like, oh, she's a bitch. She's a bitch on the show, so she's a bitch. Period. Well, they, to a certain degree. Yes, because I get that they don't like her character on TV, so they identify her character as her person, as her personality, and. Yeah. It's in line with what her character did. Right. You know, I get that. But at the end of the day, she... She's a human being, yeah. She has a whole fiancé. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... Um. Right, but, 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 but even that is rooted in how should a woman act, perform, exist. And that is rooted in patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, right. j- uh-huh. just like um, the... Was it Alabama? I think the man stood up and told the people, he said, you all have just told me that my daughter does not matter. All of you men and some of you women who made this decision on abortion, you've told that me lobbyist. that lobbyist. Yeah, he said. He said you told me that my daughter does not matter, and a lot of times women do not matter unless mm-hmm. they are dealing with, unless they're the respectable woman. Mm-hmm. Just like going back to have a certain type just, of just like, just like going back to Viola, she said. Why do I always have to play like the respectable character? I'm an actress. If I want to play a prostitute, I can play a prostitute. I think that's so why she it, loved getting her part and how to do how to get uh, away with murder. Because she could be sloppy. She could sleep with the students. She could be she could be a drunk. She, she, she could be a real person. She's yeah. having fun because it's like at the end of the day, 
Viola, do you really need a TV series? You need to check. No, she doesn't. She's having fun and she's getting like power to. Mm-hmm. I think she started her own production company mm-hmm. and she's smart. Her, and especially with Halle Berry, these women are smart. They're doing things that they know are going to make headlines, mm-hmm. not because it's something that needs to be the norm, but it's like Halle Berry made a point of talking to the black the journalist black right. on the, carpet, on the yes. red carpet. That was more important than the movie that she was promoting because right. she was mm-hmm. like, and she literally said, no, 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 I need to talk to my brothers and sisters. Baby. Yeah. Holly Berry is... And, and, and then even, Holly Berry is Holly Berry. And then, <laughs> and then even with them being able to do this, they are still behind a certain demographic of mm-hmm. woman. What, what black women are now getting into doing uh-huh. in all of this limelight, Barbara Streisand was doing decades ago. Oh, yeah. 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 Cher you know was doing. Decades ago, women in power positions like that because mm-hmm. of color, because of respectability, all that stuff. So, go, going back to the, it's with, with the shy. First of all, people are fanatics. Mm-hmm. They lose all of their senses with celebrity. That's why. Yes. That's why they court- can't separate celebrity from human. And the reality shows, because practically the reality shows are just untrained actors yeah. that right. have been businesses that they want to promote. Right. So Candy Burris and knows, then, and then and then and then they do a whole bunch of shit, and then that's edited. If you know, like they literally have, they kind of improvise it a little bit, but they know, okay, so and so is going to. So and so is going <laughs> to uh, have a confrontation. Like this is what she said about you, or whatever. There's a very specific level of insanity that a reality star has to have. Either you're just complicit with the whole shebang of it all, mm-hmm. or you really have the level that that low level of immaturity, mm-hmm. where a producer can come up to you and convince you to get angry enough at someone over some shit that they were prompted to say that they didn't actually mean. Right, it's 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 not real. It's not reality. It's all directed. Yeah. It's all it's all curated. And some people understand how to do that where I'm a brand, I'm going to do it this way and right. I'm I'm allowing I'm establishing myself so that I can do other things later. Right. You know so, so they 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 do the muck and the miry clay so and Candy Burris has to, she cries like, oh my god, uh, you accused me of having a dungeon and drugging you, blah, 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 blah. It's this whole thing. Now she's on tour promoting the dungeon. Right. Like, they know mm. what they're doing. But, can't, but Candy, people, Candy's a businesswoman and right. she has been forever. And people don't understand that. So they connect the celebrity to the human. The human doesn't exist. The celebrity is the human. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they base, like, that's why... Donald Trump got elected to president. People cannot separate the host of America uh, of I was gonna say America's Next Time Model. That would have been a very sad cycle. Um, they can't separate <laughs> the host of the apprentice. the apprentice, and because they had the celebrity apprentice, it was like he's like the most famous celebrity. It was very easy to convince people to let him be president because they, they associated him with the TV. Mm-hmm. Like people just don't understand that. So, really quickly, the love languages, and then you guys can chime in. Words of affirmation, mm-hmm. yeah. which is one of my stronger love languages. Acts of service, I actually don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, like my that's husband, my number one. My husband will clean mm-hmm. the bathroom, it's and he head. thinks that means we're gonna have sex. I'm just like, that doesn't make me moist, honey. Like, that doesn't. <laughs> but, for, but for some people. 
But for some people that does because if you are normally bearing the uh-huh. responsibility of cleaning that bathroom right. and somebody says, No, boo, I got it, that they might gush for yep. hours. That's that's Ooh, but that's my his baby love language. bathroom, let me mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Like I hung up <laughs> he he directed a play, so I got a, I printed out his like flyer and I put a frame in it and he was just like taken. I was like, Okay, that's an act of service. <laughs> he bought me that Nespresso. I almost cried. He's like, okay, I get it. You respond well to gifts. I've been trying to tell this motherfucker, buy me shit. <laughs> like, listen, no, listen that, to, like, no, that's not it because he bought you these one no, no, no. salt and pepper shakers let me, let me, that you've been shitting no, on. No, 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 no. Let's, let's bring Go it up. Go on. For the longest time, my husband will wait to the last minute and just get a gift and the act of him getting the gift and it coming on yeah. time mm-hmm. was the gift that no the reason why the Nespresso machine was so valuable to me and such a surprise was because he was paying attention I would complain oh coffee is like I can't drink a whole cup of coffee I just want like a small amount I don't want to waste it I don't like using the coffee press I prefer yeah. like okay. just over time he's like oh couldn't really just be drinking espresso let me get him an espresso machine okay. right. you got it I'm like That's oh my right. god like that was like really thought like it caught uh-huh. me off guard because yeah. I'm used to opening the box and then putting on an Oscar worthy performance. So he's not <laughs> offended. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that that's that's the gift that right. It, it's not the actual item; it's the fact. That it's the thought. Well, yeah, thought that's right. the important yeah. part. Now of the gift those giving. salt and pepper shakers. He was like, they're gold. That was it. Quentin likes gold shit. I'm again. We have so many salt and pepper shakers. Why? We're, that's not not thoughtful, right? He said because he said you, honey, your head. I mean, still, it's if the, especially if that's not one of his key if love they were languages, it does effort. No, 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 no. Also respect also, the love language of his, though. You gotta also respect. Yeah, that. and There's we're learning effort. that. But like, it's like you're you. Uh, <laughs> Darrell just pointed out your your headphones are gold. Yeah, but these are my <laughs> headphones that I can do what I want with them. Like the salt and pepper shakers, like I can, turn those you into just earrings. shake it on whatever you want to shake it on. You literally a holiday meal. They stay on a table. Asparagus, like and whatever. you shake them on food. Right, but again, understanding people's languages. Yeah, some people love a cute place setting. Like, how excited did I get when you gave me? I was like, oh my god, I forgot you had like these little gold forks. Uh-huh. I love this. Uh-huh. Like, my friends know they pay attention to me. Do not give me a little bitty bowl and a little bitty spoon for me to eat cereal. Yeah. I need a big Jethro Bodine Beverly Hillbillies bowl with a big spoon and I'm dumping the cereal in there. And it ha- so, you know, because they pay attention yeah. to certain things. Just like, Respect. So, you know, so, so that might not be fantastic to you, but if you know one of your friends love language and you're hosting a dinner and you know they love place settings, oh, let me get this uh, salt and pepper shaker that Guillaume gave me. Well, it don't mean know, shit to me, but it might mean love something to my language. friend. Right. We got Dove soap in the guest bathroom. Because I can't... I'm, he doesn't... Like, Darrell doesn't like scented soap. No, it's not... Like, it's Okay, so let's... He doesn't like strong scent. No, no, let's continue. I think my love right. language no, 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 no. is multi-ply toilet paper, so I would like to bring that up in public that yes. the single-ply toilet paper in your bathroom you, is inappropriate. You and I it are is on the same page. It is inappropriate. You and I are on the same page. Who bought the toilet paper, though? Okay. Who bought the toilet paper, though? Okay. No, no, but I am embarrassed, and I feel so sorry for your hole, because no, but, <laughs> no one should have to suffer I held that. it. I held no, it. No, or not, not so much your hole, your finger, because that... Yeah, you can break through just, that one plot. But then another friend of I mine, she another friend of mine, she is she she's like 
Okay, I don't get it. Why did it have to be two ply? Are you wiping your ass with a blanket? Like she doesn't like. <laughs> no. it's, it's th- but you know, but it's, but, but for me, has different perspective, yeah. my husband thinks that oh, we need toilet paper. Let me go to this quick bodega and get like two rolls. Ooh, that's it's got, Scott's ooh. brand. This is Scott's brand. Ooh, Sorry, <laughs> you got to roll I, off nine sheets and then fold that in exactly. Half and and he's fold it always in. the one that is like, I don't want to waste. I don't want to like you know. And I'm just like. I let me be the person who's in charge of getting the toilet paper. I will go to Amazon, have seventy <laughs> rolls delivered Not by tomorrow. Brand. Right, right, but then, but then that that is a part of communication. Right, that is part of mm-hmm. like a lot of times people there you go. like in the relationship I was in before. I did the household stuff not because I was supposed to, but because my partner. Would fuck up the laundry, baby. Like, ooh, this red oh, sock shit. and my white button. Oh shit! Or, or like, ooh, did Darrell. you? Talk how did it. you leave all this stuff around the toilet bowl? You said you cleaned Go it off. up. Go off. You know, so 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 so, and not even, and not even from a place, and not even from a place of going <laughs> off, not even from a place of going off, from a place of what works best in and the I'm function a, of yep. the home. And I'm Period. a cancer, yeah. so old Quentin would have gotten on the phone to text. Uh, one of my guests just brought up the toilet paper. We need to have a little meeting. <laughs> See, I, the phone is still down. It's like I explained to you, like that to him because he he also. What to put it in context? My husband is a. He loves to travel. He wants to see the poor parts of a city. He wants to see the dangerous parts. Like he doesn't want to go to like Paris and look at the Champs Elysees. Right. Okay. You know, when I go to Paris with him, I'm like underwhelmed because I'm just like through his lens, Paris is just a French Another New York city, right? Right, right. right. But, but, He's so, going so, to like Egypt, crawling under uh, pyramids to look at King Tut's remains. He wants to go to Istanbul and like read to like the kids in the village and shit like that. So. When I bring up, we need to have two ply toilet paper. He's like, other people don't have it. This is good enough. Right. Respect. Yeah. I'm just like, no. honestly, honestly, I need two ply toilet tissue and a pack of wipes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I used to have wipes in there. Part. A dry Listen. wipe will wear my nervous system out. It will I, burn you your start. Ass. You start with the tissue, and then you go to a nice, yeah, a little white. I prefer yeah. a Huggies. You know what I'm saying? With a little aloe. You, you like the baby wipe. Yes. Because another. No, you you throw it. You ball up in tissue and throw it in trash can. We get flushed the, uh, the toilet. Okay, the we gotta stop work. talking about shit. Another love language: quality time. That's mm-hmm. my shit. Mm-hmm. That's, That's my, my number two slash three. Um, because time is invaluable. That's you my can, number You one. can never get it back. It's a wonderful investment. It well, is. Well, we, we talked earlier about how quality time can even be interpreted differently amongst different people. Right? Yeah. Like, it could be somebody's quality time is um, you hanging out on the couch watching movies. Uh-huh. And somebody else's quality time is exploring Egypt, uh, crawling through and seeing. I want to do that. King I, I'm a descendant of this fucking continent. I don't need to <laughs> go under but the... But t- is your love language quality time? Your love language is gifts? I My number one love language is gifts, and um, How did I, know I don't think it's quality Next. time. It I think it's words of affirmation. Words of affirmation? Okay. Like, That's my second. My That's husband my doesn't compliment me enough, so I like walk around the, ho- uh, the apartment feeling like... Not great because I'm not hearing it repeatedly. But it's not even stuck on qual- it's not even stuck on hearing things. It's also what you're not hearing too that affects you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, we don't even realize that. Yeah, physical touch. 
I can. So that's what's interesting is like, if I were to have taken this mm, seven years ago before mm-hmm. Jocelyn and I got together, physical touch would be last. Like I never cared. I was mm-hmm. always just like mm, whatever. Just and now it's way. number two, number three. It's growing on me too. I'm yeah, kidding. and it's so special. Like I was, we, uh, you know, we talked about this quiz, and I was reading the questions, and it was like, is it more special to you to like? get a surprise gift which literally seven years ago i'd be like i need gifts give me everything and then you know or it would be that or like hold the hand of your partner and i'm Mm -hmm. like holding hands oh Uh, fuck that no no because that's what your partner does now i know it's so weird Uh -uh. it's so weird because you kind of like the more time you spend with them and you understand what's important to them that Mm -hmm. can become more important to you yeah, I, like for me, I've taken this test, the, the five languages of love. I've taken it probably like three or four times. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's been a quality time and then words of affirmation. But it's just different dimensions of that, though. But it stems from like how my mom raised me. Like she, we always went to the Goodman theaters. We always tried different restaurants and stuff like that. So that quality time, it means something to me. But it means something to me if we're going out and doing something as opposed to, or we're just spending time at home or we're just doing, watching movies or we're just doing this. Or I'm telling you that you're beautiful and stuff. Because that's my second love language, the words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I need more with the quality time. It's not just, oh, we're spending time at home. We're experiencing things because that's what I'm used to as a child. Or words of affirmation. It's not like, don't just tell me that I'm beautiful. Like, let me know that I can do this and push me towards that as well. So it's like, it's different dimensions towards the, the, the different five, the different love languages know that. But also know the dimensions of that and what that means for you. Of what you and part of it is what you experienced when you were a child is what you are yeah. used to. I mean, people don't realize that. Well, I think very weird that at the top of my list and my husband's list, we don't have quality time as mm. one of them, okay. but we do value it. But for him, just being in the same room is counts as quality yeah. time. Yeah. Right. For me, I want it to be more of a Get you event. Okay. Like, let's plan this and do this, and this is what we're going to do. Like, I hate eating in front of the TV. Let's sit down at the table and talk like okay. two married people. Okay. Right. You know? So I think it's just the identifying both and knowing how to both to coexist, coexist with both type of... Yeah, I mean, the love languages, language you should take the test. Absolutely. You should have your friends take the test. And, and you read the have, book together as a couple. If you want to read the book, you really ain't got to read the goddamn book to understand it. But like... Anyone that you have tension with that you want to salvage the relationship, take the test. Yeah. Make it help. It's only like five minutes. Really? You could do it. Really. like five minutes. Probably could have done Truly. it like 20 times within this long ass podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? Um, I feel like it's, it's very important to communicate that as early as possible with whoever you're meeting with. Carmen, that was very unnecessary. Uh, Preston, it was necessary. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of spinoff thoughts about that, but that feels like a whole other conversation. But <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I, about what about the communication piece? I think I think it is important, but it's that seems selfish to communicate how you feel love. Always. I mean, like, okay. to to lead with that. Yeah, you shouldn't approach people and be like, this is how you love me. Like, 
It's a. I don't. I, I think it's, it's, a a, it's such thing, a learning I think it's process. Also, you, you you because going Go back ahead. to what Preston was saying, you're constantly going to have conversations about it because at the beginning, Preston's love language was one way, and then right. it evolved to something else. That's mm-hmm. that's what I mean. Is like I I think when you end up with oh, my mom's face I mean random Aww. hi mom um i think when you end up with somebody and you really start to learn about them like as long as communication in general is a part mm-hmm. of your relationship then your love language will be apparent that is key you I know and and yeah. you'll I, I i really do feel strongly that you can morph into a a, a newer better version of yourself and that can Im- impact your love languages too because oh yeah start you start to understand why they like that you know what i mean and then, you're like oh yeah. touching isn't so bad come here yeah you're like okay we can like hold hands in public i guess but i think self-awareness is important too yes. but i i hear you, i hear and respect her yeah but. well there's a difference between having self-awareness and then making sure people are aware of you right I mean, true, but if you if you see yourself, you articulate what that is. Because some people they, they have no, they they are selfish. So it's just like if this is where I am. This is what I feel like, and but like equally, that person should know that as well. So right. Funny. But I learned a lot today, and that's my final comment. Thank you, thank you, um, Carmen. We're gonna get you into like a rehab program, and that's how I want to end the podcast. Nope. Enjoy your I feel week, like guys. Amy okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Bye. Wait. So, well, I guess if you're listening to the podcast, you're already subscribed. It's everywhere. Look, look, exactly where though? Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, SoundCloud. I, hello, Alexa. You can listen to podcasts on Pandora. Website. You're drunk. Bye, guys. I'm drunk because I told you. It's like, what go?